0: Welcome into the Hot Read Podcast live from Indianapolis, Indiana. We are here for the 2023 NFL Combine. My name is Easton Freeze, director of published content here at broadwaysportsmedia.com. We're also brought to you by the 440 Podcast Network. And I am joined in person for the first time in show history by producer JT. JT, how are you?
1: I'm actually fantastic. We've had such the eventful day today. And it technically is not... The first time we've ever been in person together we, we we did it we did a episode maybe a little bit on the sauce that uh after was the this after the super bowl, super bowl episode so we, were, we were a yeah. little sauced up there and it, it was a good episode and then it got lost so maybe that's for the best i don't know but yes. guess what now we are we are here live in indianapolis at the combine we had our day one by the way eat your heart out radio row, because this is, this is a 10 times better setup than anybody on radio. I mean, look, can we, can Can, we get a second to just, uh, look at, look at Ben Deming
0: right here. Damn. Producer JT brings crazy value to the show's flow department.
1: I dude, I think I dude, I think I probably, I'm probably up there with like Matthew Barry and Ian Rappaport for best hairdo today. (laughs)
0: Matthew Barry's hairdo. Yeah, no, I think, (laughs) I think that's true. So we are here in Indianapolis. We are covering the combine all week long. And uh, we've got a lot to talk about today with you guys, I hope, um, before we get into the meat of the conversation. And we heard a ton from Tim Kelly, Mike Vrabel, and Rand Carthen today on day one. Not a whole lot in terms of, actually none today in terms of prospects here at the Combine, but a lot from coaches getting acclimated, getting our setup here, a really gorgeous studio. We are proud to be here um, in part thanks to 440 Sports, which we are a part of the podcast network. And in part thanks to Broadway Sports Media, who uh, we we write and and cover the the Titans in the NFL for. Before we get into the meat of things, if you are watching, thank you for being here. A couple of things I need you to do: if you could share this show wherever you're listening, on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. Um, if you, oh no, my microphone is falling. If you could share it and uh, make sure anybody you think might be interested in watching the show can watch the show. Please uh, make sure you retweet, like, repost, whatever that may be. Text it to them, send them the link, and uh, that would be much appreciated. We also want to hear from you. We want to interact with you guys on the show. So if you go to Broadway Sports Media on YouTube, the YouTube page, you'll find the live stream of the show, and you can interact in the chat function there on YouTube. So please let us know your thoughts. We want to talk back and forth with you as we talk through some of the highlights from today's uh, events with Rand Carthen, Mike Vrabel, and Tim Kelly. Now, JT, if you wouldn't mind vamping for ten seconds while yeah, I fix I my you. falling microphone, <laughs> we set this <laughs> well, entire uh, yeah, studio no, right? up
1: ten seconds ago,
0: and I'm already and falling apart.
1: It's okay, but we're gonna we're gonna start with uh, Kenneth Crawl here, who said, "I need your positive silver linings, Easton. Today was a massive bummer, but not surprising. I I don't, I don't know if I'm gonna go. Can
0: I get elaboration? I, I yeah, yeah we
1: need we need a little bit. I don't know if it was a I I, I get and we're going to get into this. I get if you're coming from a Titans stand or like Titans, of course you are a Tannehill perspective here and what you wanted to hear today. And hopefully that they were going to go into a little bit more detail. They're never going to go into more detail until something finally happens. We're just never going to get that. Um, But outside of Tannehill, I think we heard and maybe a little bit of Tim Kelly, but we'll get into that. I think we heard what, what we expected from all three of these guys today. Um, but we're going to get into that, and maybe maybe you can shed a little bit of light on the situation. Then Ben Deming says, "Will the podcast establish the run? Given that it is a Titans pod."
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, we're all about establishing the run we, here. We really we are. are.
1: We, we and we're gonna we're gonna get off running now. That hopefully Eason's yes. Now my is microphone
0: is not falling. it working. falls again, it may. I've got we've got a solution to find with this table. It doesn't like our mic stands, but we're determined to keep them because. Uh, they're cool and they're convenient. Great. So we'll figure it out by yeah. tomorrow's show. We're gonna do one of these each night while we're here, which is the next seven nights. This is part one of seven for the Hot Read Podcast Live from the Combine. And we are now almost nine minutes in. So let's get into the meat of the show today.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> we 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 got to speak with Rand Carthen at the podium. Um, he was was there and it was a, a big media frenzy. He then gave us local guys that are here a little bit of time on the side. And then we got to hear from Tim Kelly for the first time as the Titans new offensive coordinator, as well as Mike Vrabel. Both of those were powwows that were on the side. They weren't live streamed. I don't think so. Everything that people know, think hear, and see about that has been from uh, folks reporting that um, different beat writers there's a, there's a good group from Nashville here. Um, I'm not sure how long they're going to be around, whether some, I think some of them are just are here for the early part. Of the week but it's it's cut from a combine standpoint generally it is it's been a wild day um you know you come here and we were super excited to come for a number of reasons the primary reason is to get to see all these awesome prospects and talk about them and evaluate them and produce a bunch of content but another thing that that is super cool is the entire nfl is here in indianapolis for the week it's crazy the the names and faces that are everywhere i mean the second we got into town especially the second we got to the convention center it was uh names and faces galore every time i turned around i saw somebody that i either um follow now and like read their work or watch their show or i grew up watching them on espn um it's it just it in it, it's not you know i know that they're they're here it's not a surprise that they're here but it is it is jarring to turn around and suddenly I'm, you know, between you and me, like I I turn around and, and Ian Ravaport's standing right behind me. It's like, Oh, hello. Yeah. Got it. Cool. And so everybody's here and that makes for a really interesting media event. It is um, there's a reason it's such a big deal. You know, the, the media is all here and they get a really good scoop on all of the, sometimes under the table, sometimes over the table, little wink and a nod handshake, action that goes on the the league year really begins here in the combine, all of the coaches and GMs and scouts and player personnel and front office folks that are here. And there are a ton of them. And you see them, you see guys in in team jerseys, not team jerseys, team uniforms, team hoodies walking around in packs. And you could tell, Oh, there's a group of scouts. Oh, there's a group of trainers. They, They, um, radio row is super cool. Um, but, but I, I'm really excited to, to jump into talking about what we heard and we've got nine or 10 clips here from speaking to some Titans personnel, uh, starting with rank. Let's start with rank Carthon Is that where we should begin? Yeah, I well, mean,
1: that's where we started our day.
0: That is. Yeah. That, that's that was our first, so, our first guy we got to talk to was rank Carthon
1: diesel said, have we seen Derek Carr yet? no uh, I, he's supposed to be here so maybe we'll run into him I that know, is what we were told i know we i know we ran into the moment we stepped into the building <laughs> we ran right into p carol yeah walking uh, away from his availability he was walking away from his availability we're walking into the building all the fans who were like going into like their well that's the thing. thing so it's
0: there's so much all here at the same yeah. place you've got radio row right next door to um there's like an office for we're good. Oh, the camera just decided to yell at us for a second. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a <laughs> section for uh, the the league's players at the NFLPA. Yep. Right next door to the NFL Experience, which is a a fan situation that we're going to cover in more detail. I, I think. Can't wait. I think Thursday, Thursday morning, Thursday, yeah. we're we're potentially going to be getting special media access to the NFL Fan Experience, where there's like the 40 yard dash and a bunch of the, the drills that they do for the combine set out for fans to try. So I think we're going to go in there, and for the culture, we might just have to do a little bit of baseline testing of these, uh, you know, different tests. It'd see what fun. see what our forty yeah. time is. Um, I was, I was if somebody in the chat of- wants to put the over under on what my forty time is, <laughs> if somebody throw the over under out there. We we actually know this. We were talking about yes. it last night because I ran a a forty yard dash at a Titans game. I think four years ago, before I was covering the NFL. Mm-hmm. In um, khaki shorts and tennis shoes, where the soles were rubbed almost all the way down, so I had no grip, and I got a baseline there. Heard from Rancartha first. So Rancartha, new GM for the Titans, he spoke today twice: once to the general media, and then once to us in a powwow, and. There were three main takeaways for me from what he said. I didn't, overall, I don't I don't think there was anything wrong with what he said. I don't think there was anything all that revolutionary about what he said, however. And this first video was him generally speaking to how his time has been in about a month since he's been here in Nashville, getting acclimated, getting used to working very closely on a regular basis with Mike, Mike Vrabel. This was his answer to the question, how have he and Mike Vrabel been getting along? I lean on Mike a lot.
2: Um, our offices are right next door to each other. And so I'm in there, or he comes to my office. And again, this is his vision of the offense, defense, and special teams. I'm learning that, right? So the best person to learn that from is him. So I go to him, hey, man, am I seeing this correct? I think this guy can do these things. And about all right, what are we looking for in this? So we met, I met with the assistant coaches. Um, from each position group and had them put together a 15 to 20 play highlight tape of what they're looking for in every single position. And when they're talking about hand use or, you know, talking about specific moves, put examples on the tape so I can see. So I'm learning their language through that. And so again, whether it's with Mike, whether it's with Shane, whether it's with Tim or Op, like we're spending time together so I can learn their language and see exactly what they're talking about when they're, when we're talking to uh, players.
0: The thing from that comment for me, JT, that stuck out more than – I mean, like, he's going to say he and Vrabel are getting along well. Things are going great. That That is all obvious and fluff to me. There's, there's an element to all of these press conferences, especially when you have media that isn't regularly talking to these guys. Like the national media wants to get their one very generic question in that we all know has been asked a long time ago. So you're going to get some of that. But he kind of went beyond the question there and started talking about part of the things – part of the way that he started to, I guess, implement his process from a scouting standpoint. And it's still very early in the process, but him talking about how in order to get on the same page with his player personnel guys, as well as the coaching staff, him talking about how he's having coaches and some of his personnel guys put together reels of tape that best best demonstrate what they want in their players in their position group, what they want each position on this team to look like in an ideal world, that's a really fantastic way to to get on the same page in terms of I'm the guy going out and getting these players for you. Let me know what you want. Instead of telling me, show me, right? And that's what they're doing.
1: Yeah, I, I think that it was like it was a peek behind the curtain of finally understanding what exactly collaboration looks like for this team after
0: and we've been talking we've, about it a we've, long We've, we've time. talked about
1: it for quite a while now, but I, I do think it's a really good idea, especially after what was just a debacle season, especially on the offensive side of the ball with Todd Downing. I think it's a step in the right direction in which uh, when you when, especially also from a talent evaluation, it's a breath of fresh air from uh, former GM John Robinson.
0: Yeah, no, it, it absolutely is. And it's something that we actually ended up asking. Somebody asked Mike Ribble about it at, at his availability. And that was something that he mentioned as well, saying that's something they've been doing. It's been working well. And that's that's the best way to, I think, get on the same page uh, on that front. So so that comment was interesting. The, the, the next comment that I found interesting, he was inevitably asked about Jeffrey Simmons, star defensive tackle for the Titans. Will he or will he not remain? It's not uh, really a secret at all. I was going to say not a well-kept secret, but it's not a secret at all that the Titans are going to do everything in their power to keep him around as they should. And this is going to be the off season where barring something significant happening, he'll be getting, even though he's still on, he's on contract for next year. So even if they, they sign him when they sign him in this off season, if anything, it might bring this year's cap number down a little bit, but what he's being paid next year is set. He's on the roster unless they were to trade him. There's no holding out or anything like that. However, he is eligible for his his first big boy contract, his first non-rookie contract, and he's going to get paid handsomely. And that's something that Rand Carthon has been vocal about having high on his to-do list, high on his priority list, and he's now being vocal about the fact that they are beginning that process and working to keep working to keep Jeffrey Simmons in town. Rand had this to say regarding Jeffrey Simmons and a special someone that really wants Jeff to stick around.
2: It, uh, conversation went uh, really well. Um, you know, Frank in the weight room has done a good job of letting me know when guys are around because I'm still getting to know these guys. And so I make sure whether if I know there are players in the building, I go down to the weight room, training room or locker room where they are just to introduce myself and then and, and let them know that my door is open if they want to have further conversation about anything, whatever it is, and they're more than welcome to come in. And Jeffrey was one of the guys that took the invite and we sat and had a 20 minute 30-minute conversation, realized we had a lot of people in common. And so it was really a get to know each other and, you know, break ground. But one, The first question I got when I got the job was from my six-year-old son, and he asked if Jeffrey Simmons was going to be his boy, you know. And so I had to ask Jeffrey if he wanted to be my six-year-old son's boy. So uh, Jeffrey's cool with it right now. I told my son, Jeffrey might not like you. So we'll see when we get there. But um, it was a great conversation, and he's a, a cool dude. I was Better disappointed. Yeah, you
0: know, I was disappointed that the follow-up question wasn't, "What did Jeffrey say?" When you have you yeah, asked Jeffrey right? whether or not he's willing to be Ran son's boy? Yeah, he should be. I I, I got to see Ran Car- I got to very. I'll say meet briefly meet his his sons and his family at the introductory press conference a couple of weeks ago. Awesome kids. So I'd imagine the answer is probably yes. But yeah. th- this was not really a big news thing. It'll probably be treated like a news thing by a lot of the aggregating sites that just are looking for articles to put out there that are pretty uh well not pretty they're just useless they're 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 fluff it's it's just nonsense um well not nonsense but it's it's stating the obvious in 300 words to meet your quota um that's a a whole nother topic but this is something that is more confirmation than news right like we we now know yeah they're still working on it yeah it's still on his the top of his to-do list and it's something that he's he's going to do the, the big question is just how much is that number going to be i don't think people are going to be shocked by any number if he if he you know if it's a market setting deal then I, I think people will understand that is he the best player at his position in the league right now probably not is he top five, 3 to 5 absolutely there's an argument to be made at times that he when he's healthy he can play like the best at his position i'd i'd say Aaron Donald is typically above him, um, but if he were to reset the market, a guy in in the echelon of the top five at any position setting the market with their contract, it's not unhurt. As it's pretty it standard, sense. actually, yeah. it's typically what happens. And so, if he ends up getting, you know, close to or north of twenty million a year. It'll be a big deal, but it'll be a long-term contract. So it'll be four, five, six years, I'm sure. and it'll be a backloaded contract. So he'll actually, I'm sure, be ridiculously cheap cap number wise in his first couple of seasons, whereas um you know, if you were to go smaller contract route or a franchise tag route, that that cap number would be pretty dramatic. So the big question is how much? But I, I maybe folks, if you're listening, let us know in the chat is there a number that you would see and be like, that's they shouldn't have paid him that. I don't think there's a number. I think you could come out tomorrow and say, Jeffrey Simmons just signed a six year, 24 million APY deal. And everyone's going to be like, great. He's a Titan for a long time. He may be a Titan for life like that. That's not going to shock anybody or upset anybody. He's, he is worth every penny of whatever they give him, and they're going to. So that's really all we learned from that.
1: No. Yeah. I think one more thing about that clip in, in general, there is that, um, just how much we got to see even more, how much Rand Karthin is a people's person, having even more of that open door policy, this is just a good wanting point. to get to know the guys in and out of the weight room in the locker room. He wants to know who is in his, uh, who, who, who is on his team. We, he talked about also in another clip about what's the most important thing this week for him at the combine. And that's getting to know the guys, talking to them, making relationships, trying to, uh, Reach out to those guys and see who is a good fit for this team, and I think that's another aspect that is a breath of fresh air.
0: Yeah, that was another thing that he that he mentioned, and we don't have the clip for that one, but he was asked what is important to him while he's here at the combine, and I I find that to be a it is one of the more obvious questions for coaches and GMS, but it is one of the more interesting ones to me, maybe most of the gms and coaches are just here and they want to they want to see the the general things like you know are are they uh confident are they well spoken are they driven are they intelligent do they know ball right like maybe that's all they want to know but these high level individuals that work in the nfl that are one of 32 nfl gms one of 32 nfl head coaches one of a handful top level personnel executives in the league like these high level individuals didn't get to where they got to by looking for the generic things in the people that they're trying to surround themselves with. A's surround themselves with A's. B's surround themselves with C's. And the these A's are surrounding themselves with A's not because they're lucky, but because they know how to pick an A out of the crowd. That's that's the key. And it's a lot harder, it's a lot, it's a lot easier said than done. And so I find it a fascinating question. What exactly are you looking for when, when you're here? And we got that answer from Rand Cartham. We got it from Ver- Rabel as well, who will will actually play that clip in a little bit from Carthon to, to his point. Like you said, what what he's interested in is they're not playing any more football. Like we've got the college tape. It's done. It's in the books. We can watch that all we want. A lot of these guys, we've watched all of it already. I, I want to get to know the guys now. And, you know, we're building a culture, a big, a big, talking point of his that he's repeated a number of times is that he's, you know, not looking to collect talent. He's looking to build a team and he's big on culture. He's big on, obviously he's big on people skills. I mean, we saw that when he made a point in his availability with the local media corral to point out that in, in mentioning Quaysa Adolfa Mensa, the GM for the Vikings, as well as some others in his introductory press conference, crediting them for help, Um, I think in the analytics department, when he was working with the analytics department in San Francisco, he gave credit to, uh, the head coach of the dolphins, Mike McDaniel today. He's, I think he said he got flack from McDaniel after he said that at the introduction, having to do with the, uh,
1: Elijah Mitchell, uh, yes, the Elijah Mitchell
0: story. Yes. Thank you. Because I guess Mike McDaniel made made
1: the, made the tape reel of, was it he, okay. He he, he made the tape reel of him and then, uh, Randy Carthin was just like I like that guy and now he's taking and, that story and, and I mean, it's funny because both
0: of those guys were in there yeah, at the same time right. and so we we got to see I think on the hot read podcast twitter account we yeah. have the video you took yeah, a video there's, there's of a video because
1: uh, the the entire uh kind of rest of the titans media just kind of dispersed and me and easton were just like sitting there just kind of collecting our thoughts or whatnot and mike mcdaniel's press conference which by the way quick aside, still the funniest human being in in the nfl he is, he is the hilarious. most
0: naturally hilarious person i want to be his best friend um he like i'm not i'm not a starstruck kind of person so i'm not intim i mean mildly intimidated naturally nervous but i'm not overly nervous enough to the point that i won't introduce myself to basically anybody here um, and, and I guess part of the reason for that is because if they hate me, then cool. Like I didn't know him to begin with. Yeah. But with him, like if there, I can kind of the number of people that make me nervous at this event that I'm nervous to speak to. On one hand, he's one of them because if I ever speak to him, I want to be my best friend. I, yeah. I want him to like me. But, so I'm but afraid his, of what I would yeah, say. Yeah.
1: His his press conference was coming up and. I think Rand got done with one of the bigger national guys. And yeah. actually and we were just sitting there and we, we got to t- a videotape a moment on the Harry podcast, Twitter page of them kind of catching up there, uh, right before McDonald's uh, uh, press conference.
0: Right. All right. We got one more video from Rand Carthen's press conference before we talk about this comment. And it was the comment that is going to lead all the headlines for Titans news after today. And maybe the reason, That some of you are a little bit more bummed out today than you wish. But if you've been listening to this show at all in the last two months, it shouldn't bum you out. It shouldn't even surprise you. We'll talk about that before we do. Real quick, if you are watching us live, thank you. Make sure that you are subscribed over on the Broadway Sports Media YouTube page. That's where you can find this live stream each and every afternoon or evening for the next seven days. This is part one of seven here, live from the Combine in, in Indianapolis do us a favor retweet repost like share with your friends and family send to somebody that you think might find our coverage of the combine interesting and i will let you know if today's show is a little bit too slow or not quite as information dense for you as you'd like understandable this you know we got this is the exposition of our seven part series we got to set the ground rules yeah, right. we got we got in today we've done a lot of setting up and traveling so we didn't get to t- spend more than two or three maybe like 4 hours at the conference center Tomorrow is going to be all day. Actually, every day after day is going to yeah. be an all day affair. We're going to get to speak to a ton more people and get into the meat. Uh, today's really not a combine day. Really, it, it, it was. Really a, wasn't. It's. It was a Titans media field trip day. Yeah,
1: and that's and that's what a lot of the the Titans guys said. We talked to a couple guys in the media who were like, "Are you guys going to be here all week?" And they're like, "No, we just came down for this, and then we're gonna we're we're packing up, leaving tomorrow." Which, if you're Tuesday. not a
0: draft sicko, I understand. Yeah. But since we are but a we are. we're a Titans show <laughs> and a draft show. We are staying and we're interested in in watching the testing and talking to prospects and everything. So the the shows after this will be very different and also packed with information, inside information, thoughts, comments, things we heard throughout the day. Every note we take, Mm -hmm. we will talk about each evening or afternoon. So make sure to tune in every day. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure to share with your friends, retweet. Um And then and last if there's but any, not least, any, any
1: prospects you guys want, if that you think when that Titan specific, like that's what we're going to talk about every day. Us, yeah. But yeah,
0: if you, if you have prospects that you're wanting us to pay attention to, or try to speak to, um, or get information on, let us know in the chat. We want to hear from you guys in the chat, your thoughts on all of these clips we're going through from today's Titans availability. So in the chat, let us know your thoughts, comments, um, we, we can we can chat back and forth with you if you go to the Broadway Sports Media YouTube page and interact with us there.
1: And this clip here is going to be the biggest one that would probably get reactions. Yeah,
0: here. so let's get into it. He was asked, Rand Carthin, during his national media availability today about Ryan Tannehill because, of course, he was. And this was a question that he very gracefully and professionally uh, avoided really answering. He gave a non-answer that I hadn't heard before, um, a clever spin on the classic non-answer during the offseason for player contracts, he, his non-answer, if you pay attention at the very end, he gives what sounds like a definitive answer on Ryan Tannehill, while in reality it is not even remotely close to a real answer. Let's hear what Rand Carthon had to say about Ryan Tannehill as the future for the Titans at the quarterback position.
2: Guys, I I just want to speak freely for a moment. You know, I know everybody wants to make a big deal, you know, out of the quarterback position and whether he will or won't be here. But you guys just have to accept the fact that Ryan is under contract, you know, for us. And right now he's a Titan and he will be a Titan.
0: That last part right there, he is a Titan and he will be a Titan. Now, what does that mean? That last part, he will be a Titan, sounds definitive. I think we even saw Ian Rappaport who spoke to Rand I think separately one-on-one on NFL network. Mm-hmm. But we we saw a clip shortly after he said this to us. I think he said something along the same lines, as the interact report, and it was quasi reported on Twitter, at least by a, a lot of national media folks that it sure sounds like Ryan Tannehill is going to stay in Tennessee. Now, in reality, that statement is, is a fake definitive answer because he, he, he will be a Titan. And a, until you trade him or until the end of next season or until the end of his contract or until the end of the contract that you give him an extension for this off season. Like he will be uh, until when, until like until 9 PM tonight. We don't, we don't don't know. know. We don't know. So that's not a real answer, but I do think it is further indication and their messaging on this has been consistent. So props to the Titans for this, but it's yet another indication that, the Titans are keeping the cards close to their vest. Maybe they surprise us. They, you know, it's a very insular organization when it comes to their their dirty laundry, their their thoughts, plans, hopes, dreams and desires. They keep things very tightly packed and behind closed doors. But all indications this offseason have been in lockstep. Ryan Tannehill is going to be the quarterback for the Titans for at least one more season. And on this show, we've been talking about how, yeah, of course he is. It's not, there is no perfect answer. There's a number of things the Titans could do at the quarterback position this season, but none of them are perfect. And I think the best choice for them in terms of getting this team rebooted and, and finding a new version of this team in a in a wise way that takes a not too long-term, but not too short-sighted approach is to give Ryan Tannehill an, an extension to lower his cap number for this one season, make yourself an out. And then after next year, reevaluate and probably try to move on. And if you can't, then you, you continue to kick that can down the road, but he's going to be playing for the Titans next year is what it sounds like. We don't know for sure. We're not going to know for sure until we get to August, but right now we have yet another reason to think he's going to stick around.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think another angle at that right there. And I think, uh, Renegades thingy here says that he said he'll be there, not that he will start. Who knows? I mean, I mean, I mean Rab- that's what he said. Vrabel he was thrown around. Vrabel, in one of his uh questions, said Tannehill, uh, Malik Willis, or even Dobbs. And he's like, so he's just thrown out, it, it could be anyone. Well, Mike um, Rabel,
0: his approach to all of this, yeah. he, he already doesn't like talking to media. This is a well known. <laughs> he especially is not interested in, and I don't, I wouldn't be either. He's not interested in talking about players. Contract situations yeah, in the offseason. He doesn't really care about Their, their just status wants to, with he just the team, whether, whether they're going to be starters or not. Because And he knows so much can change. I mean, he talked last year around this time on national, a Rich Eisen show and other national programs. AJ Brez, as long as I'm the coach of this team, AJ Brown, yeah. is going to be a Titan. He, he he has learned sometimes by his own mistakes, you got to be careful what you say. And this is another example of uh, you know him <laughs> guarding his words, because yeah. a lot can change between now and August.
1: And diesel says, if Ryan's here and healthy, I can't imagine they wouldn't start him. if He's healthy. That's right. I mean, that that's basically the point there. He's better than the other two options. And even if you would cut him, it, it saves what? Like 26, 27 million towards the cap this year. Right. If you, if you cut him. Um, well,
0: there, they'll, there would be a significant dead cap charge, but I don't know. There would,
1: but it's in the
0: twenties, I believe. I'll but look that the, up. the
1: point of that is, and I heard overheard this, uh, talking to some other media members right after the press conference is that like, even if you were to go cut him and try to like, you're not going to sign a Derek Carr or a Jimmy G or any of those guys for that, that cap hit, you know, you're not going to sign him for 26 or 27 because you're not going to pay more money for a guy who's going to basically be the same thing as Ryan Tannehill. So why would you just, why wouldn't you just let this next year ride? Because you you don't want to pay any of those other guys more money.
0: Yeah, so I I believe with the potential out, it would be eighteen point eight million in dead cap, saving them roughly eighteen million dollars against the cap, which you know not insignificant by any means. Yeah, but like you said,
1: you're, you're not going to have enough to sign any of those if, other if, guys. If you're
0: getting a competent replacement, yeah. it's you're going. To, it's going to be a net loss. You I mean, have you could, this you money could go, invested. You could go
1: in, get like a jo- Jacoby or Brissette or something, but I don't. Know, I don't think that's what we, they want to do.
0: They definitely. I don't think they would have any interest in that this is a situation where, and and our, our buddy, Zach Lyons over at stacking the com, as well as uh football and other efforts here on the Broadway sports media podcast network is constantly beating this drum of dead cap is, is like, you, you shouldn't consider dead cap nearly as heavily as many do when you're considering folks staying or leaving, because it is a sunk cost. It is something that is going to remain dead whether they stay, go, trade, retire. Like it, it is what it is, man. Yeah. And so that's that's the way that it is.
1: Let's move on to Tim Kelly. Let's because move on. Because that to Tim was Kelly. very interesting. Yeah, and
0: I, mean. I found our 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 availability in terms of interest today. It was Tim Kelly the most interesting. Yeah. Purely surprised because he spent well, he spent a good amount of spent almost 20 minutes with us. He answered a ton of questions. This is the first time we've gotten to speak with him. I think it's the first time media has formally been able to speak with him at all with the Titans. Yeah, There may have been some times last year in, in the preseason, but he has, his role has been in the dark for most of his time with the Titans. And he himself has not really been out in front because he's been this vague analyst title behind the scenes. Yeah. Now as the offensive coordinator, he steps out into the spotlight and we got to speak with him about his vision for the, the team, his thoughts on last season. We, we covered a lot of ground, but there were, three let's see did be three yeah four big things for me that stood out from this press conference from him it it was a, a media availability that i found generally good on his part but he made more mistakes than than carthon or Vrabel did he had one comment in particular that was a, a really bad look and we'll not start with that we'll get to that in a moment we first asked him i i asked him this question Can we get a a more definitive, at least some uh, details maybe on what he did last year? This has been a recurring question for, it feels like, uh, a couple of decades at this point. What is it exactly that you do here, or I guess did here? Because now we know what he does. He coordinates the offense. Last year, how involved were you in that dumpster fire? I asked him about this, and here's what he had to say. For any details on just how involved you were last year, and if there were any things that, from like a grand philosophy standpoint the team did offensively that if you were in charge you would have done or maybe now will do a little yeah, I mean, differently.
3: I'll, I'll talk about kind of what my schedule if you want to if you want to get into that last year and, and how I was involved uh, early on in the week I, I'd make sure that i I'd give everything I could to Todd in terms of uh, you know information on the opponent uh, uh, so when he gets into the office on Monday after calling a game um, you know he's, he's got an idea as to what to expect when he turns on the film. Um, so from there you know was involved with with being able to come up with some of the the, the past game ideas and then along with some of the third down and red area ideas so um, you know uh, last year for me I, I was here to, to try and serve those guys and, and give any of those and any of those guys on that staff anything to ask for whether it was me you know running around like a whatever you want to call them, you know, during the during the, the scout teams and, and and trying to give the best look I could to those guys and just really trying to do anything I could to help us work.
0: Now, you can call it a cop-out. Um, well, not a cop-out, I suppose. You can call it wishful thinking. But to me, that reads as I didn't really do anything. How, how yeah. did it read? To, here's what it reads I mean, like to me, to elaborate. And I, I want to hear your thoughts on this. But to me, that reads like I was an idea guy. My role was kind of fluid in practices. I helped with the tight ends and then behind the scenes in terms of a game plan standpoint, which is what I'm more interested in. You know, how, how well can you coordinate (laughs) since it's your number one priority? What did you do? And and it sounds like he just came up with ideas and took them to Todd Downing and Mike Vrabel. And then they did with those ideas, what they, what they wanted. And it kind of sounds like they didn't, maybe utilize them a whole lot. If, if I'll tell you this much, yeah. we found out he was uh, apparently according to Vrabel and his availability a couple weeks ago when they hired Todd Downing, he was responsible for first, second down run or first to second down passing play yeah. design. And the which, Titans which so
1: much better than if you look at the stats so much better than their third down. It was,
0: stats. but also they never, they never, they never passed the ball.
1: <laughs> first. Wait, out, and so. Which kind of goes hand in hand there. So if that's an indication if, of how if, much if, they were using
0: his ideas,
1: <laughs> if, if Todd Downing wasn't, um if Todd Downing wasn't taking his ideas there uh, on Monday and Tuesday, they half half of them were never making it to Thursday or Friday or to the game, you know? Like, yes. Yeah. It, it just never was getting past Todd Downing. And I think that's, a big thing that he didn't really say, but like you can read between the lines there.
0: Right. So I don't, and I don't say that that is, I wouldn't say that that was a good thing. I don't think that abdicates him of responsibility for last season. I I just think it's not a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's it's, 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 I I'd imagine if we could give him truth serum, he would probably say that there were times where he was really frustrated Last season, I mean, everyone I'm sure on the team was frustrated, but he in particular is probably frustrated a bit due to how much his he's a guy. that I'll tell you this. When he was hired by the Titans, he was a guy that already in his NFL career was at the level where he absolutely, I mean, he'd already been a coordinator briefly. He could be a coordinator and lead the lead the show on that side of the on a side of the ball when you reach that level and then you're in a role where you're not even second in command, you know, you're just one of the guys helping out on the team and, and your ideas aren't, you know, you, what you say doesn't go. I guarantee that's frustrating because even if largely the person over you is going with your ideas, they're not going to go with everything you had in mind. And that's going to be frustrating. The, the impression I got from Kelly is that they, they didn't really run a whole lot of, of what his ideas were. And it's it, the vibe for me. And this again, this is not reporting. This is just vibe analysis. No, yeah. The vibe be- in in watching yeah. his body language during the press conference and asking him different questions, it it seemed to me like he was being a bit guarded. It seemed to me like he was uh, trying to hold back some frustration from last season and trying not to and this is a good thing stomp on the grave of past coaches coaches that I may or may not have accidentally tweeted out the name of like seven times today um and then can't
1: get it out of your head listen
0: listen I'm gonna it's gonna happen again not just me I guarantee you folks are gonna talk about Titans offensive coordinator Todd Downing no it's Tim Kelly I hate that they both are T names and uh Todd Downing is happily at at home in New York now so yeah apparently they are very happy to have him by the way yeah, that, I know. Was that, I was was, that was that was an today. interesting clip by, from by pk the, By the yeah pk was paul karski was here in time to catch actually i think ask a question of jets gm um shane is it shane i, I think it's shane this I, is his last I, name, name. <laughs> um asking pay him to the asking, jets. yeah well hard to pay attention to the jets <laughs> asking him about the the hires the titans hires up there on the coaching staff and they he just was ranting and raving about how how excited he was to have such a great guy in todd downing um and i I don't know todd downing personally i'm not saying he's not a great guy but it it, it was a funny moment that's all i'll say it's a funny moment
1: however the the moment of everyone today that was that was quite it was probably the biggest miss by anyone in a in a press conference today came with the next uh comment that tim kelly had
0: correct so this was the biggest the 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 worst thing that was said by any Titans uh, employee today, Tim Kelly was asked, I think, by Paul Kaharski, whether or not he felt like the Titans needed to focus on being less predictable this year. Now, any Titans fan, you could ask that question to, and the answer would be, duh, of course they do. They were far too predictable. Here's what Tim Kelly had to say when asked if the Titans were too predictable and if he's going to try to limit that predictability
3: this season. I wouldn't say that. I mean, I, I I didn't think we were predictable last year. I think there's some times where, hmm. um, you know, certain games, certain things, uh, weather, um, you know, people you have a, available, things along those lines. Uh, you know, there there, there there are a lot of elements that go into to predict predictability or perceived predictability. Um, so I wouldn't say that we were predictable last year.
1: The only thing I'll give him there is that he did he did slide in a little comment there about given the personnel it was maybe a little harder to, to there's no doubt about be, that. So, but so besides that, I mean, yeah, before yeah. before I
0: play devil's advocate for yeah. him, let's, I, he deserves to be buried a little bit for this because that that's bad. And not only did he say that bad thing, he then double and almost tripled down yeah. on the idea that he did not think the Titans were predictable last year, which is weird because the man that just hired him, the head coach of the team, on the record was very unhappy with how predictable the Titans were last year and has repeatedly said, we've got to get less predictable. So strange that you were high. Do do you think he sat in the interview for the offensive coordinator position? And they asked, you know, what are your thoughts on the predictability of this offense? And he's like, I think we're, we are a we we are a loose cannon. You have no idea, wild card team offensively. We I think we're gonna just keep it up, same level. And we, you, we and you, were this wild yeah, and unpredictable. Right? We're staying right here.
1: And you know what? Is that I, his answer? I, you know, his, his answer should have been what Dorito Lover One Hundred and One, which by the way, great name. Just said, uh, just give Chig the ball and become unpredictable, That's and right. I, I become totally, ungovernable I, like I, I totally agree.
0: Well, that that is a, that is an actual whether he says it or not, whether he thinks it or not. And I, again, it's something that should happen Yeah, while, while we have him on that truth serum, let's ask him that question again. Yeah. Cause I guarantee you're getting a different answer. I don't think he actually believes that yeah. it, it, he's not a dumb person. Mike Vrabel wouldn't hire somebody that actually believes that. But the question is, why is he saying that? And it's not, it's not a good look to say that I a to look to triple down on it. Like he did. So that, that was bad. And it's something that is at best a white lie. And he's a little coach speak action. At worst, I guess he's delusional, but yeah. I, I don't think he's, he seems like a normal, well-adjusted person who knows, knows ball. So yeah. that's going to be something, but I think that he probably shares Vrabel's sentiment, and this has been Vrabel's M.O., as long as he's been the coach of the Titans, not, not resorting first to blaming players, but not being afraid to say, hey, listen— as coaches we can only do so much from a game plan standpoint we can only do so much and especially when we're as injury riddled as we've been and 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 have very limited a limited quantity of players to choose from and and utilize and a a pool of players that are limited individually they're they're not the stars that we signed up for those guys that were long hurt or have long been hurt Um, it, it limits what we can do you know we can't be unpredictable with Jeff Swain on the field, we yeah. just there. And to his to his defense, to Todd Downing's defense, to everybody's defense. Yes, it is impossible to be as unpredictable as you should be in the NFL with pieces like Jeff Swain on your roster, with pieces like Dennis Daly on your roster starting. That's not something that you can, that you can do because those players aren't that they aren't the kind of player that ran Carthen and Mike Vrabel. And we don't have that clip here. Ready. Pulled. But they were talking for pretty much the whole day, JT, and this seems to be a theme of their offseason, a theme that I think Rand Carthen is bringing over from the 49ers wisely. We've got to build a team that can kind of play positionless basketball a little bit. We're bringing it to football, man. We want guys like George Kittle, like Debo Samuel, like Christian McCaffrey, really the identity of that Niners organization. And it was something that I think the Titans – Built their identity around a little bit with some of their past players. But in general, I think it's a little bit of a 180 philosophy shift for the Titans because in recent years, in large part, and you correct me if you think I'm wrong, but in large part, their identity has been we're going to be a team that is an off the bus team. We're going to get off the bus, be bigger, stronger, scarier looking than you, and we're going to out physical you. And guess what? We have our will. And we're going to impose that will on you. And you're going to know exactly what that goal of ours is. And it's not going to matter. We're going to do it. You're going to know exactly what's coming. And we're going to shove it down your throat and get away with it anyways. And the power of that is you can't can't understate how big a deal it is to be able to do that in the NFL. But the problem is when that's your identity and you lose guys that can do that, you no longer have a team that is built on – being unpredictable you have a team that's built on we're going to do this one way but that one way only works when you have stars that are just better than the person opposite them
1: yeah i think tim kelly alluded to that a little bit um talking about how he wants and and i think uh mike said this a little bit as well about they want players who can be versatile and they want to they want versatility going into this this new kind of regime and this new style that they want um and i think i think that's going to play a big part. And I think you also kind of alluded to some of that next year, obviously this year, it, it didn't really work out, but now that you're, you have maybe Trey Lomberg's back healthy, you can maybe bring in some more talent out on the, on the outside with the wide receivers. Are, are they going to throw the ball more? And that's something that you, that you asked uh, Tim Kelly about. It is. So we can, we can go ahead and, and get to
0: that clip. Um, yeah, let's let's talk about that one first because I I find this this one interesting. I asked Tim Kelly about his philosophy, and I was trying to phrase it in a way that I wouldn't get an answer from him that was in relation to his plans for this season. Because again, who you have available to you limits what you can and can't do, Mm -hmm. right? And and so my question about being able to throw the ball, it, it matters who you have on the team. Can you block to be able to throw the ball? Can you throw the ball? with the quarterback that you have, can you trust the guys who are supposed to catch the ball to be there to catch the ball, to get open? If, if they have those guys in a vacuum, in a perfect world, this was essentially the question that I gave to Tim Kelly. I asked philosophy based, I get it based in your philosophy as an offensive coordinator, rather, what do you believe is the correct amount to be throwing the ball in today's, NFL today's passing league and and my specific question was do you think the amount that the Titans threw the ball last season for example is not enough do you have to be able to pass the ball more than the Titans were able to last year that was the gist of the question it's kind of a two parter and I I thought his, his answer was interesting here's what he had to say your general philosophy in today's NFL do you think a
3: team needs to throw the ball more than the Titans did last season to be successful? I mean uh, again it's such a, it's such a unique question because it's it's based upon so many things um, you know if if you're able to build a huge lead running the football like you're going to run the ball lot. If, if, you know, it's if you're in two-minute situations, you're going to throw the ball more. So there's so many factors that go into it as opposed to just calling a run, calling a run. Sure. It, it, I don't think it's fair to say that, you know, to, to, to give an answer to But
0: it. when you sit down to to make changes and try to be as successful as possible this year as a coordinator, is, is when you look back at last season, do, do you see a team that was limited by their inability to throw? Is that going to be something that you – are focused more on making sure that you have that ability when you need to. Sure. Yeah. I
3: mean, again, being, being efficient, throwing the ball, being efficient, protecting the quarterback, being efficient, catching the football and, and being explosive. When you have the ball in your hands, the, absolutely. We want, we want to improve in all those areas. Um, so again, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to find ways to, to work that with our players this, this off season. Um, and again, when, when we hit the grass, and when the games start to count uh, we want to be as efficient as, as we can in both running the football and throwing the ball.
0: So the Titans' new offensive coordinator, to his credit, he's on, he's on the train. He's on the train with Rand Carthon and Mike Vrabel. We've got to be a more versatile team. We are handicapping ourselves, handcuffing ourselves in a way that's not necessary with the the identity that we've had, some of the players that we've had, and the way that we've played ball. We need to be a team that plays more positionless and has guys that can do more than one thing on the field, and and more importantly, when they are on the field, their mere presence is a threat because you don't know what's going to happen. And so you have to, you know, you have Christian McCaffrey on the field. You have to account for him passing and running. Same with Debo Samuel. Same with George Kittle to an extent or blocking. So there, there's an element of that that from a personnel standpoint, and this is on Rand Carthen's shoulders, he's going to be focused on getting those guys in. And for Mike Vrabel and Tim Kelly's part, they're going to be focused on, okay, let's change the identity of this team with the players that are given to us to one that is able to play more positionless.
1: No, and I totally agree. I think, um, especially in this draft class, I think it's gonna be very important to see where they go with all their draft picks this year and see if we see kind of a different pattern than what John Robinson was going for.
0: So this last clip kind of goes hand in hand with with that question about the Titans needing to be able to throw the ball more. And by the way, the correct answer is is yes. He, naturally coach spoke his way around a definitive answer, but in today's NFL, you have to be able, you don't have to throw the ball more than the Titans did. You know, if you have a schedule like the Eagles did where it's relatively easy and you can, especially if you're a dominating run team and you can run the ball down teams throats, then then great, by all means, go for it. You don't have to do it, but you have to be able to do it. Right. And that's something that the Titans, they failed on both fronts. They did not, but more importantly, they they could they did not because they could not. And it all kind of was encapsulated by that quote after the Kansas City loss in the middle of the year, close loss with Malik Willis. Mike Vrabel goes on the record and, and when asked whether or not the, the Titans should have aired the ball out more with Malik Willis, he answers well, who, who the F was he going to throw it to. Which is a you know a fair point. the Titans didn't have those guys out there. So that's something that they're going to focus on. This last quote kind of goes hand in hand with that. He spoke to Titans new offensive coordinator Tim Kelly, spoke to looking for versatility, focusing in on planning this team around having versatility. Here's what he had to say on that topic.
3: You know one, one of the things that we want to do as an offense is, is we want to be versatile. So whether it ends up being uh, multiple personnel groupings, uh, multiple formations playing in multiple tempos, just doing things to try to keep people off balance. So, you know, that's what we're going to look to do moving forward. Um, You know, we, we want to put our guys in the best position possible.
0: By the way, shout out, shout out Nick Suss there, our guy Nick Suss over at the and in the background to all of these clips. Gorgeous hair, gorgeous know, guy, right? looking good. I think he,
1: we... he he was the best, probably best one of the best dressed guys out of us. There was a couple of us who who didn't come <laughs> to play today, especially it's, it's uh, a
0: Tuesday travel day. Yeah, exactly. It's a it's a Tuesday at the
1: combine. But Front of the show, Teron Davenport caught the smoke from Mike Rabel. Well, I mean, if you
0: if you follow the Titans at all, you know that TD and, and you know credit to him he he sets a high bar for himself with, with his fashion he he comes correct nine times out of 10 yeah we just it, it happened to be one of those days off season travel ca- day. casual casual travel tuesday and he wasn't dressed poorly he, no. was, he was dressed like he was just like a, he just had a an athletic jacket on and some jeans or khakis or something but but vrabel the problem was vrabel was not in a he was not in his classic vest he was yeah. in he was in a jacket for so, one reason or another yeah, yeah. he was in a Button suit down in jacket and not so suit, ter- it started with Tehran complimenting Vrabels, saying yeah. hey looking good like you know ditch the vest for the jacket today coach looking good and Vrabel's just like <laughs> I, and I well, thank you Tehran and I expected better from you which yeah. which we were all thinking it but he didn't have to do Tehran like that <laughs> out of the gate because that was hey guys how's everybody going everybody doing uh Tehran what are you wearing was yeah. essentially the vibe so uh, but yeah, th- that is just another example of, and I don't want to beat this into the ground, so we'll move on to what Mike Rabel had to say today. But just yet another example of the Titans this season. We've got two themes, big themes from them now. We've got, you know the first one.
1: Collaboration. Cla- thank
0: you. Cla- everybody at home should have said in unison, collaboration. Can you spell <laughs> Collaboration. <laughs> And their new, their second theme now is, yeah, it's not as easy a word as, easy as you, you thought about it for yeah, a second. I, I had to gun to your head. <laughs> the answer is yes, you could spell it. Yeah, but if I, it. if I if I told you you needed to for be the sure, culture,
1: I was doing it for the show. I was acting.
0: Oh, you think you for sure can spell it? Yeah. We're not going to do it right sh- now. I'm not going to ask you to. No. But you're that
1: confident? Yeah, I'm pretty okay. confident. All right, let's, let's move on. on we'll you. move on. Thanks
0: for keeping me on yeah, track here. I got you. The second theme is, is versatility. It yeah. is changing the identity. And this is a, and this is not a, an under, this is not something that, that should go under the rug. This is a, a big deal because really th- this Titans team, their identity has been that bully ball that mm-hmm. will imposing team. And um I, I don't know if they think you can't be that in the NFL anymore or whether or not, I think it, it's more along the lines of, they just don't have the guys to do that anymore. Mm-hmm and uh, in today's passing league they have to evolve so that's that's what they're looking to do. We've got three clips now from Mike Vrabel and we're going to wrap the show up here in just a moment but we've got these three clips to get to and then we'll very briefly let you know what there is to look forward to for tomorrow's show which will be totally different not Titans not Titans um focused necessarily Titans adjacent, yeah. adjacent as we look at and speak to a number of guys at the Titans maybe looking to draft yep. in the first, second, third round. A lot of those guys are here. We'll get to speak to them and uh, maybe talk to some other media folks. We'll uh, we'll have a guest or two on the for show sure. by the end of the week. But Vrabel had three things to say in his availability to us that I found the most interesting. The first was, and this is the, the question I was talking about earlier, JT. For you, Mike Vrabel, what specifically do you look for when you speak to and, and meet the person? You know, we, we watch the player and we get an idea of the prospect on tape. But when he gets to meet the person, and for a guy like Vrabel, I think him more than the average coach, you can tell it matters to him. Building, I mean, oh, he's, yeah. he's a big culture guy. Yep. It matters to him not having uh, eight to four guys. He don't want any eight to four guys. He doesn't want you know bad attitude guys. He wants guys that are selfless, team guys, kind of old school football in that way. And that part works even in today's NFL. It's selfless hardworking leaders that, that are willing to do anything and everything for the team's success. So I know when he goes into that room, he's not taking it lightly. He's not, he's not checking his watch, trying to get out of the room. He's trying to get to the bottom of, of these individuals. And so I asked him, what is it that you, Mike Rabel are looking for in these prospects? Here's what he had to say. Time of year when you're meeting with prospects. So there are the obvious things that you're looking for communication skills, (laughs) intelligence, confidence. But are are there certain things in particular that you're looking for that may not be as obvious when you get to sit down with a guy?
4: All we're looking for, all I'm looking for is authenticity. I don't want somebody that their agent thought we wanted to to talk to or somebody that someone said they should be. Who who is that player going to be in the middle of the season? when I feel like shit, and, and maybe things aren't going great. Just looking for who that person is, and you know, is there a willingness to learn? Is there a willingness to to, to put the team first and, and do whatever is asked of them?
0: That's something that is. Uh, it's a good answer. Yeah, I it's, think so. It, it's not shocking at all that no. that's because Vrabel is. He's the kind of guy that the the Vrabel you get not, not a hundred percent, but generally speaking, I think the Vrabel you get in any public availability of his is mostly just Mike Vrabel. He puts on a nice face when he has to do a national media hit. He puts on a, an annoyed face, which is, he's truly annoyed when he has to speak to the local media. Uh, and I can't blame him for that. I really can't. Um, because sometimes, especially in the offseason, there are some well, not dumb questions, but there's nothing to talk about. And he's yeah. for, the league, the league literally forces him to do it. He's, he's paid pretty nicely. He can handle it. Um, but, but you, 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 get what you see with Mike Vrabel and it, it doesn't shock me at all that that's something that he finds important in his players.
1: No, I think so. I think um, this is probably a, a bigger week for him. I think we came into the week. There's a lot of people around, around the NFL saying, what are what are coaches' roles? What are GM's roles? They're kind of going away with the combine at the combine. At the combine, right. but I think Vrabel. I mean, the like the Rams don't send anybody. Like, the Rams not didn't here. send anybody. Uh, the uh, the, Jet, n- the Jets coach isn't here. Right. The Niners, the Niners just send their GM. Yeah, they just sent their GM. So some
0: coaches think it's a bunch of bunk, but some coaches. But I think
1: Vrabel takes it very seriously, and I think it's a big uh a big part of what goes into his team and his culture.
0: Right, and I, I I can understand those coaches that think it th- this is worthless to them. I can understand that. I guess from the the underwear Olympics element of the combine, um, maybe that those test numbers they figure they can you know just have them shipped over to me. I can watch it at home. It's all televised. Yeah, it's right. fine. But and and they'll get to meet with prospects at a number of different events in their you know their meetings that they are allowed to have a certain number of folks invite prospects invited to do team meetings later in the, in the off season. but they are passing on a, a big opportunity. The The biggest, this is the biggest collection in one place of prospects all year. Not, not more at the draft, not more at the senior bowl or the East West shrine bowl. It is here. There are 320, 19 some odd prospects that are all here in one place for this week and weekend. And each team gets the opportunity to speak with, I'm pretty sure as many of them as they'd like. And so that's a a big deal. They only get 20 minutes at a time. But if you're wanting to speed date pretty much the entire draft, this is where you have to do it.
1: Yeah, I I totally agree. And I think that the Titans are one of the teams who take it the most seriously. And uh, moving on here, the thing that, probably was one of the bigger storylines has to be uh luke steckel moving on and going to the chicago bears
0: yeah it's a weird big not big storyline yeah. because it's
1: it's big in the sense that it it's definitely kind of the
0: only titans news yeah, that has come it, it out it was
1: it was definitely the thing that most of the guys in the media definitely wanted to talk well about.
0: here's what it, what made it interesting and i don't think we've actually reported this on the show in a titans news segment which we're no. not going to do yeah. for today's episode we'll probably have some more of that later in the week but uh, briefly, a little Titans news, Yeah, Luke Steckel, who was the run game analyst, double check me on that, but I'm yeah. almost positive. He was the run game analyst, newly named run game analyst by Mike Vrabel when all of those new hires came down a couple of weeks ago. And he is now headed to Chicago to be their assistant offensive line coach, I believe. Yeah. So run game analyst for the Titans uh, after being, he was the the tight end coach, I believe this past season. He was then moved to run game analyst. There was a lot of question at the time, whether or not that was a promotion or a demotion. It now seems to be pretty clearly a demotion because he's gone from tight end coach, you know, a, a lead position coach to the very ambiguous and intentionally vague title of run game analyst yep. to now a position that is down a rung on the on the ladder from where he started at tight end coach. He's now an assistant offensive line coach in Chicago. So if he's moving on for that, clearly his run game analyst position wasn't one that either he was happy with here in Tennessee or, uh, you know, maybe he was perfectly happy with it, but he saw this as a clear step up and sees upper mobility in, in Chicago. So he spoke to that Mike Vrabel did. And um, he was asked about the departure of Luke Suckle, but Vrabel went on to talk about generally how he likes to treat his staff, how he likes to, um, not groom is is a bad word these days, but um, to to nurture, his foster yeah. his staff, bring along guys, and then give them the opportunity to hopefully be promoted from within. But if not, go go climb, yeah, build their careers. So he, here was his answer, Mike Vrabel, his answer to the question about the Titans' loss of their run game analyst, Luke Steckel. Luke wanted
4: to go to to Chicago. So Luke's going to Chicago. Um, was happy for Chase to be able to to become a special teams coordinator. Knew that he probably would uh, do that when, when we hired him. I want to support you know, just and I know that you guys, you know, mention it, but you know, the whole idea is that we hire really good people, let them do their job, find ways to promote them from within when when it's earned and there's opportunity. And if we don't and we can't offer those opportunities that we try to find those Opportunity somewhere else for him. So um, speaking of Justin, you know, this was a guy that a person that started out as a special ed teacher, coach football and special ed. And the interview went really well from things that we believe about teaching and being creative and teaching and making a connection with players. Um, I talked to numerous players that he's coached. That was something that they said was like, man, he found a way to, to connect with me and make me uh, wanna learn what we were doing. Had some experience with the offensive line, experience you know, coordinating whatever capacity that was in Denver. Called the last two games out there. Good football coach, good teacher. Told him, you know, coming in, this was the spot that we had open. We had a running back spot. This is what the vision I had. He turned down some other opportunities, and, and I'm really, you know, excited. Just, I didn't know just Timmy and Charles, and, you know, everybody over there on the offensive staff is excited.
0: We forgot to preface um, the Justin he's referring to there at the end. That's Justin Otten. That is the Titans new running backs coach. He came from Denver, was their, I guess, interim offensive coordinator yeah, at the end after, of the year. After, right. uh,
1: Hackett got after
0: Nate Hackett got the ha- the hatchet, um, <laughs> he, he stepped in and called a pretty good set of games yeah. for the Broncos at the end of the year, promising offensive mind he comes in and uh it's a a, another cool anecdote from vrabel just about how guys rise and fall in the nfl this last clip from vrabel and this one was the most interesting thing that i thought we heard from him me too
1: i thought this was probably my favorite clip from him today and
0: and really the reason why it's interesting is because it gets once again it's another question that gets to the heart of the titans not identity crisis but what they're thinking in terms of an identity shift in that front office, in that building Vrabel was asked about, and I believe it was Paul Kaharski who asked this question. He's been doing this a long time. He's good at asking good <laughs> questions. He asked whether or not the Titans who for a long time have had an MO of drafting guys that are big, especially weapons. Their, their favorite receiver is a big receiver. I mean, the AJ Browns, Corey Davis's, Traylon Burks. Those are their guys. And big is awesome in the NFL. Um, also awesome in the NFL, being fast. Yep. The best in the NFL, being big and fast. Yep. That's that's the like if you can order a, a big and fast guys, I'll take three dozen, please and thank you. Um, unfortunately, big and fast is they are usually contradictory, and so mm-hmm. it's typically a choose your own adventure pick. Do you want a guy that's bigger or faster? And the Titans have gotten to the point where their bigness, their size. It seems like we're in agreement that the, the whole world seems to be in agreement that the Titans have gotten a little too big for their britches. Literally, they are so big. They are slow. They're oofing around on the field and they need to focus more on getting faster. But that begs the question, are you interested in getting faster as a team to the point that you're willing to sacrifice that size? And that's something that we've not heard him speak directly to. We have heard Vrabel so far this offseason season talk about how the Titans need to get faster. We've heard Rand Kurthin say, this team's got to get faster. But when asked, okay, if getting faster means sacrificing some of that size, are you still willing to get faster? Here's what Mike Vrabel had to say.
4: I think that um, you're looking for how they are able to produce with the skill set that, that they have. And- big and fast is, is a great place to start um, knowing that we need to get faster throughout our roster. Uh, but there's a couple ways to, to, to skin a cat and making sure that, you know, you're not, you know, if you come off that model a little bit, there has to be some other things. If a guy doesn't have 34 inch arms and you're like, well, we'd really like to have that, you know, are there other skill sets that they exhibit and, and can they, can they function and do their job um, outside of that? So, you know, we, we know kind of where we need to be with that with that position uh, in the wide receiver room, uh, and then we'll just kind of carve out, see where we end up in free agency, see where we end up in the draft, and then, you know, obviously, as, as players become available, there's different opportunities to add players to your roster.
0: And this is a particularly great question to ask. and It's a question the Titans are having to ask themselves this year, at least from a draft standpoint, because if you had to define this year's wide receiver class with one word, it's smaller. Yep. It's a smaller group. There's a, do do you know the, 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 do you know the meme by the way of the Ninja turtles meme where it's the um it's the the four the four ninja turtles as kids walking with you with the what what's his name the, uh, the main
1: guy not shredder it's uh that's um, the that's the bad guy
0: you you look that up we yeah, need to, we need right. to know this but it, it's the it's the master rat dude walking with the four ninja turtles mina kimes posted a, a picture of this where it's just quentin johnson as the lone big receiver in the NFL splinter splinter yeah so master splinter with baby ninja turtles walking hand in hand and it's just four babies walking holding the hand of an adult and that is Quentin Johnson as the adult the big guy and then the next top you know Jordan Addison and JSN and Jalen Hyatt and it's like the entire top of the wide receiver class and really into day two and day three this wide receiver class is a lot of smaller speedier guys yeah
1: I think And Perfect segue into what we're going to talk about for the rest of the week. I think one of the guys who might be available in the second and third rounds that is quickly rising up some boards and we'll see how he tests this week, but also does bring a little bit of that size is Cedric Tillman. And I think he could he possibly be the someone, only guy I
0: can think of off the top of my head that kind of fits that mold of yeah, pretty could, fast and pretty big in, in the be, later rounds.
1: Yeah. He could be someone that the Titans, I know everybody loves Jalen Hyatt going to the, going the sure. Titans, but another Vol for all you Vols fans that fits maybe the Titans MO a little better. Well, the thing, the thing about him and we'll talk about him
0: a lot later in the week. The thing about him that, that I find intriguing is the fact that like you said, he is, maybe the number one guy in terms of size speed combination in that second, third, fourth tier of receiver in this draft. And I think that makes him sneaky way more valuable to folks around the NFL than maybe the average draft analyst. I think that he ends up going maybe significantly earlier than folks think purely because some team is looking for traits and they say, Oh, look, A guy that's big bodied and he's not slow. Let's add him and we can just develop him into a good receiver, you know, regardless of the rest of his. And we'll we'll talk
1: about him more on Saturday for sure.
0: We will. So that's all we those are all our thoughts, not all our thoughts, but that's most of our thoughts on our availability with Rand Carthen and Mike Vrabel and Tim Kelly today. And that kind of concludes our Titans-centric. Portion of the week. We we put that behind us. We're of course still going to be covering everything from the combine from a Titans angle, but we're focused on the prospects and we're going to move on to talking to some players tomorrow. We'll real quick kind of preview what tomorrow brings us. We have a couple of coaches and GMs still yet to speak tomorrow afternoon. Some of the highlights Texans new head coach D'Amico Ryans will speak at one o'clock tomorrow. So uh, I'll say I'll say all these times in Central Times if if folks are wanting to tune in. And you should on NFL Network. I think there's a number of different casts. You can go and watch a lot of this live. But at noon Central Time, you got D'Amico Ryan's new Texans coach. We'll be sure to be at that press conference. Frank Reich, the new Panthers coach, former Colts head coach at 12:30. Uh Kevin Stefanski for the Browns at 1, or 1245. Scott Fitterer for the Panthers at 1. And then we've got a Colts sandwich at 230 and 245. Chris Ballard, the GM up in here in Indianapolis, and Shane Steichen, the brand-new head coach, will be sure to be at uh, most of those. Definitely D'Amico Ryan's and the, uh, the Colts duo will yeah. be covering the AFC South team's And then we'd be remiss if we didn't go to the lion sandwich that was coming up right after that. Brad Holmes, the GM up there. And then our guy, Dan camp
1: to finish off. I said on one hand, uh, Mike
0: McDaniel, we're adding, we're adding Dan Campbell to the list of guys that I'm nervous to talk to here because I want them to be my best friend. (laughs) So, so that's, that's the, that's the interest, uh, interesting folks that are talking tomorrow from a coaching standpoint from a player standpoint, we won't name everybody, but tomorrow morning we get our first batch. It is edge and defensive line, yeah. correct? So we've got edge and defensive line tomorrow, starting at 7 a.m. Central time. And we're going to have to pick and choose our spots yeah. because they've got them corralled by 20 minute blocks. There are eight podiums and then three tables. So 11 guys at a time. And we're going to pick and choose who we want to speak to. We're going to focus mostly on guys at the top of the draft that that are, you know, interesting to talk about from a draft standpoint, but then also, you know, we're not going to talk to a lot of the day one edges because the Titans are probably not going edge in the first round, but you could absolutely see them going with an edge in the second or third. So a lot of those guys in the 45 to 95 range will be focusing in on, and we're going to kind of approach each position from that standpoint. You know, the tackles, we'll talk to the day one guys. Receivers, we'll talk to the day one guys, we'll talk to the day two and three guys. We're not going to talk to the day one safeties. We'll talk to probably all the cornerbacks because they're going to take a cornerback in the draft somewhere. You just know that they are. It's too talented a group yep. and every good NFL team. James Foster kind of started this on this show last spring, but. Every good NFL team, you just auto draft a cornerback every year. You always reload. It's one of those play positions. A lot of them. you, you got to play a lot, a lot of them, and they get bad in a hurry. Yep. They don't age nearly as gracefully as some other positions. So, with that in mind, just some of the, the highlights of guys that we've already circled as guys we want to talk to tomorrow that we find interesting for the Titans. In the early group, we have Felix and Adike Uzama from Kansas State, Will McDonald, Tule. Tui Pulotu, I believe, <laughs> and uh, at Addi Adibari, Adibare Bari, out of Northwestern. Man, that love we'll to
1: learn these names. By that's tomorrow. a
0: that's a first ballot. That's a that's a first team All Pro names group out of yeah. the gate right there. But those four guys are all defensive line and edge players. You could see the Titans target in day two and three. Keon White. Allie Gay, Isaiah McGuire, Byron Young, Lucas Van Ness. That's
1: my the, favorite sneaky. Well, maybe and that's first that's rounder.
0: the one first round guy that we're going to pay attention to. One because from a traits perspective, he's he's a Titans guy. He's a yep. Mike Rabel guy. So if they were to break the mold and, and for some, you know, maybe maybe they maybe they stick with NPF as their right tackle, and they're, you know you never know they could go address left tackle in free agency, yep. and then suddenly. We we keep talking about Paris Johnson Jr., baby. Run that card in right now. It is February 28th, but we are running the card up for Paris Johnson Jr. Yeah. That entire narrative could could turn on its head in a matter of, of minutes this yep. offseason if they were to go make a splash signing for their left tackle. So there's a chance that they go you know, wide receiver with the first-round pick. I think there's a decent chance with how good these top-end edge players are. a chance they go edge out of, out of the gate, and Lucas Van Ness could be one of those guys. Yeah. We've also got Byron Young out of Tennessee, who I'm I'm told could test really really well and raise his stock as a as a early day two guy. Zach Harrison, um, a number of other big names. We'll just kind of skim the list here. Uh, Will Anderson also speaks tomorrow. Um, any other names here that you're seeing that really stick out to you? B.J. Ojolari, Henry Toa Toa, uh, Demarvion Overshone, We'll talk to Derek Hall. We'll definitely talk to that. Could be a day two guy. Yeah, Andre Carter. The sure. second is yeah. a guy that if you were to fall, they could be interested in. Um, Tyrus wheat and Noah Taylor. They could be interested in later days. Uh, Brian Breezy is one that I, I were really intrigued by. He and Keanu Benton are in the same group tomorrow afternoon or tomorrow late, late, late morning. Yeah. Jalen Carter, also speaking tomorrow, and Cam Young uh, out of Mississippi State. That are just skimming the list here. Those are the guys that really stick out to me.
1: A lot of interesting guys tomorrow. A lot, sure. of,
0: a lot of interesting guys from that group. Um, we'll, we'll have all of all of those guys to talk to, talk about tomorrow. On tomorrow's show, tomorrow afternoon, we don't know an exa- exact time. I think as we get a feel for the the way that the schedule is going to work while we're here, We'll probably settle on a time yeah. starting tomorrow that we'll be doing the live show every day. But if you tuned in, really appreciate you tuning in. I know kind of a scatterbrained episode, weird for the Combine, but this is part one of our live Combine series. The next seven days, we got a live show every single day. If you want to check it out or send it to somebody after it's live, we'll have the show out every mo- morning. The 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 morning after the afternoon of recording, it'll be out on YouTube in video form, as well as uh, on the podcast feed, the the Hot Read podcast. Make sure to check us out. When you go to listen to the podcast, please make sure that you're subscribed. Make sure to leave us a five-star rating, and then leave a review. Say whatever you want in the review. We will be happy, 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 happy to shout you out on the show. We will read verbatim what you say, whatever it is. So please leave us a review, and uh, we will shout you out on the show. It means I would consider it a a personal favor. It means a ton to us if you were to go and do that and uh, it allows us to do awesome things like come here and cover the combine for you all for Titans fans and for the Nashville media and and the draft for the Nashville media. I mean, we, we've said it once I'll say it again. This is your number one source for draft specific broadcasting in, in the city of Nashville. We are the most interested in the draft process out of anybody else. We're one of the only Titans media entities that are going to stay here all week. And we're here for the draft, man. We're not, we, it was dessert today. Getting to talk yeah. to Carthon and Kelly and Vrabel, but we're here to to do what we're going to do for the next six days. So super jacked about that. Thanks for tuning in again. Make sure to be back with us tomorrow afternoon and bring a friend or two. Tell them about it. Tell them, hey, two guys covering the combine. If you want us to talk to certain prospects, you have until tomorrow morning yep. to hit us up via DM on Twitter or in the replies to our tweets. Let us know who you want us to key in on again tomorrow. Defensive line and Edge players will be available. A lot of awesome stuff coming down the pike. Until then, I think we'll go get some dinner. we going yeah. able to nonstop all day. I'll go we'll grab go, a we'll beer. Go, let's go. Let's go grab a drink. <laughs> Until then, I'm your host, Easton Freeze, for the Hot Read Podcast and producer, JT. We will be back with you tomorrow afternoon here live from Indianapolis at the 2023 NFL Combine. Have a great rest of your evening. Yeah.